Raise It to Beaver. Starring Louise Gasman and John Richardson as the co-host. Well, hiya there, boys and girls, and anything in between. Are you ready to learn about beavers? <laughs> hey, I'm Louise, and if you're just tuning in for the first time, and you are because it's the first time we're doing it, this is Louise It to Beaver, starring me, Louise, also starring... Johnny Boy Richardson oh. as the co-host. Oh, hi there, Louise. Oh, hi there. Gee, thanks for inviting me onto your podcast. <laughs> uh, this is so much fun. I'm so excited that we're doing this. The pilot episode. The pilot episode that was never aired. Oh, I meant our pilot episode. Our pilot episode of the pilot episode of Leave it to Beaver. Can can I talk to you a little bit about some exciting things about this episode of Leave It to Beaver? Of course you can. Also, I have some exciting and amazing and wonderful things to say about it as well. Let's do it together. At the, on top of each other at the same time? No, no, no. No, okay. no. So uh, <laughs> before we get into like the meat of the episode and like what the plot is and all that stuff, I just want to talk about some like pretty weird things about Leave it to Beaver. Go May for we? it. By the way, yeah. by the way, this is both of our first times really watching this show. We've probably seen bits and pieces here and there, but have never actually really intentionally sat down and watched it. So this is exciting for yeah. me. This is exciting. So what what is old becomes new again. So so uh this is actually technically episode zero. It, it didn't air. Um, it's called It's a Small World, uh, but it is the pilot episode. And it was, I guess you could say it debuted on April 23rd, 1957, though it didn't actually air until I think it was like 2004, um, 2005. Is that when? I believe so. So, so there, that's when the Shout Factory DVDs came out, and it was included on those DVDs. But then there was a TV Land marathon that included it. I think it in was 2007? something like the, the 50-year anniversary. Right. So that would be 2007. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it didn't actually... No one really ever even saw it until like 2005, which is kind of crazy. I believe a focus group... Well, yeah, the like company saw it because then there were a ton of changes made for a ton of different reasons. Right. So amongst those changes is that uh, the pilot does not have a laugh track. All the other episodes have a laugh track. Um, Additionally, there were two major casting changes. And that would be Beaver's father, Ward, and Beaver's brother, Wally. And do you want to know why they had to replace Wally? Why? Okay, the actor, I believe his name's Paul Sullivan. Correct. Who, Paul Sullivan, who was Wally on the pilot between the six months Mm -hmm. that they filmed it and then had the focus group watch it, he had a major 
growth spurt oh. and went from about five foot two to six foot three. No and way. And they said, you, n- you cannot believably be this little boy's brother and we have <sighs> no idea how we would film that. That's, we ha- unfortunately, we have to recast you. That's really funny because I was watching it and I was like, you know, I know that that's not the Wally that made it onto the show in the other seasons, but he's not bad. Like, I like this. I like this kid. Me too. Yeah. He had a weird freak growth spurt. That's so crazy. In six months. <laughs> um. Also, the uh, the actor who played Ward, uh, Max Showalter, who was going by Casey Adams, uh, he disappeared. But I got to tell you, I really liked that Ward. I did, too. Do you know that that actor was also in the movie Niagara with Marilyn Monroe? I did not know that. He was also the very first Barnaby in the Broadway production of Hello, Dolly. Very Which I just saw the revival of on yes, Friday. Yes, you did. Uh, and they had some, like, G-swell jokes in that as well. Well, what's also interesting is, like, if you if you look at, like, the IMDb pages for pretty much everybody on Leave it to Beaver, they're, they're so long. They've, they've been in, like, episodes of everything. Everything. Um... It's kind of incredible. And I guess like at the time there weren't as many actors, you know, especially television actors. It was still the very early days of television. Um, Everything was very new. Uh, And yeah, I guess I just kept on going to the same pool of people. Um, But if you look at Jerry Mathers IMDb page, um, it's mostly him as the beaver in different incarnations and on different types of things. But uh you know, he he kind of really made a name for himself as this one character. Um, so way to go, Jerry Mathers. Uh, you really yeah. landed the, the role of a lifetime, quite literally, because you're quite probably going to be the beaver for forever. Um, I also, during a little bit of research about the show, uh, the focus group or the... the uh, executives at the Mm -hmm. film studio thought that they did not want to call it it's a small world Mm -hmm. because people might associate uh uh, it with like a disney thing even though the park maybe had just opened or or it was a few years after even you know that that even came about but it was like somehow it seemed like it didn't fit for that so the next title was wally and the beaver mm-hmm. and then the executives came back and said um we don't want to confuse the audience and have some people not tune in to watch it thinking it's a nature show oh <laughs> Interesting. By the time episode one really actually aired, it had gone through these other two title incarnations, which. Yeah. And like fast forward to like 60 years later. And then it's like planet Earth 2 is like the biggest thing. And everyone's jazzed about this nature show. Yeah. Um, Well, that's that's really fascinating. Um, I, I also did a little bit of digging about the show's creators slash writers, um, and that's Joe Connolly and Bob Mosher. Um, did you do any digging into those guys? 
No. No. Okay. So um, Joe Connolly's kids, uh, he had two sons or two sons of note because uh, they are Rick and Jay and they were the inspiration for respectively the beaver and Wally. Um, You know, he had like, I guess, eight year old kid and older his older brother and uh it sounds like rick was a real character so uh that was the inspiration for them uh so joe Connolly, uh prior to this he and bob mosher uh wrote the movie the private war of major benson uh for which they were nominated for an academy award and that was directed by jerry hopper who directed the pilot uh-huh. Uh-huh, indeed. Um, and they uh, they went on to do a bunch of other television stuff. They produced The Munsters. And um, actually, before Leave it to Beaver, they were producers on the Amos and Andy radio show, for better or for worse. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they were very active in the, like, early days of television. And um, they wrote... Uh, probably most of the episodes of leave it to beaver um however jerry hopper only directed the pilot um but he he did some other television stuff he did a bunch of uh directing on perry mason uh the fugitive um adam's family and i have something else written down here but i can't read my handwriting so Look it up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you really want to know what else Jerry Hopper did, imdb.com will tell you. Um, but yeah, I, just, I thought it was pretty interesting. You know, they were nominated for an Oscar with this one director, and they're just like, hey, he should direct the pilot episode of this show about Joe's kids. And um, yeah. So yeah, do you, want, do you want to get into the meat of the episode? Yeah, sure. Um, I want to jump in a little farther than the very beginning first because the pilot episode is a little bit different than um, the actual first episode. And because when you start anything, creating the universe is the most important thing, exposition, Mm -hmm. exposition. Um, It's a lot of telling and not doing... um, when you create anything new, any mm-hmm. universe you're creating, and I always like to uh, notice what the first line is of huh. the most prominent character or the title character. Okay. And I I just like to take note of it, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Beeves' first line is not the first line of the show, mm-hmm. but a response to a question. And the line is, at dancing school, daddy. Yes. I made a note of that, that Beaver goes to dancing school. And I love it. I love it too. And another thing I really loved was later in the episode, uh, Wally says to the Beave, you know, didn't you see so-and-so at dancing school? And he goes, see him? I danced with him. Yeah, I know. I wrote that down, too. I love it. Um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what the plot is of yeah. the pilot. Do you want to give a rundown? Sure. The plot of the episode, other than to create this universe, 
in the most efficient way possible is the beaver, quite a character, is possibly also seen as annoying. And in his friend's effort to get rid of him, tells him a story. He takes some initiative, collects what he needs, and in the most square, sincere, adorable, kind of genuine way, gets what he's after. I don't know. I don't want to say bamboozled, even though they say that in the episode. Um, And not like a con either, but he... He has a task laid out for him, which is to collect some bottle caps in exchange for a bicycle at a contest a milk company is having and not having, <laughs> and gets sort of scolded for, in my eyes, basically doing nothing wrong. And then it all works out in the end. I, I don't yeah. know how vague or how specific we should be on Let's, this very first one. I want to I wanna get a little specific. Do it, do With it. With your permission... Yeah. A little specific. So, as you were saying, in an effort to uh, to shake off the beeve, who's uh, as as this kid Freddie puts it, a creep. Uh, oh. By the way, Freddie, played by a very young. I'm gonna wait till you finish taking a drink. Harry Shearer. Right. Harry Shearer of The Simpsons, of Spinal Tap, of like a zillion things. That is uh, Freddy, the uh, the eighth grader who refers to Beaver as a creep, uh, and in an effort to uh, get him out of the way, tells him that the Franklin Milk Company is holding a contest, and if you collect 1,000 bottle caps, you can get a bicycle, either a red bicycle or a blue bicycle. And he just made it up to get Beaver away and to get him to occupy his time for a while because certainly that would take a long time. So Beaver tells Wally about this and Wally seems unsure about it until Beaver tells him, Frankie told me. And that seemed to be enough for Wally to be like, well, okay. So the two of them, Beaver and Wally, go ahead and go door to door, collecting all these bottle caps, stealing them from people's milk bottles. Uh, And they collect their thousand bottle caps, bring it to the Franklin Milk Company, which I guess is just right in town. Beautiful office, by the way. Yeah. Uh, And there's essentially like a really funny like chain of phone conversations where it goes from like the low level regional manager to like the main manager to like the top of the company where, oh, and the contest was talked about on the Oh, what was it called? The like, Happy Harrington Show. The Happy Harrington Show. So in order to not feel embarrassed by the fact that they don't know what their own company is up to, these managers put on this front being like, oh, but it was on the Happy Harrington Show because they don't want to seem like they don't know what's going on in their own company. Meanwhile, it's all just made up. Made um, up. But Wally and the Beaver genuinely believe that this is true so they speak with it with enough conviction that they are believed and i guess like beaver being as precocious as he is gets people to really believe the nonsense that he's spitting out and 
he basic the way he kind of presents it is kind of like how do you not know what's going on at your own company? Surely you have this going on. Here, we collect... You think we'd collect a thousand bottle caps for nothing? So, uh, the the head of the company essentially says, well, make this right, make this right, do what you gotta do, and then they essentially say, go ahead to the bike shop, uh, pick out whichever bike you want, it's on the company, and I... Uh, kind of going back a little bit beaver and it's established that ward ward cleaver beaver and wally's dad uh will not let them have a bicycle because it they're not responsible enough to own a bicycle so uh they kind of hide the bike from him and you know uh eventually the the franklin milk company realizes that uh there's no such contest so they have to take the bike back and otherwise it like makes him look makes them look like idiots or whatever uh so when they when the guy from the milk company comes to the cleaver's house ward is just like i would know if there was if they had a bicycle you are crazy these kids don't have a bike you're insane meanwhile he looks outside and sees like the bike being lifted by rope up the side of the house or whatever and um yeah so ward makes them give the bike back and then the milk company realizes that it was actually a really good idea and gives like the regional manager you know credit for having such a great idea and in an effort to like really take credit for it wants to get a photo op of the kids with the bike but the kids just got like reamed at (laughs) I'm going on and on and on. No, the kids I love are getting, it. The kids are getting reamed at by by their dad about like, I guess he's essentially accusing them of conning the the milk company. Uh, I wrote down an accidental con job because they really did, but they didn't know that they were doing it. So it's right. Yeah, I was gonna say that in my head. I I want I want you to finish that, but like yeah. in my head, how. You know, when you were like, oh, Beaver says this stuff with so much conviction that the people believe him. But like, it's not like he's putting on a front or at least in the pilot episode, like I got to act with so much conviction. So they believe me like he believes it. Yeah. He believes it. And um, when the dad is telling them in, in a scene, he's like, you know, you're not entitled to that bicycle. And they say, but we did work for it. We collected all those bottle caps. And I yeah. was thinking, well, you stole some of those bottle caps. Right. So you didn't really <laughs> even work for the bottle caps. All of caps. the bottle caps, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. A thousand of them over five days. Yes. Which, whoa. That's a lot um, of bottle caps. Yeah. But then at the same time, I was like, who would do takesies backsies? The bike company should, or the Franklin Milk Company should just be like, well, we got duped, but now we know for sure there's no this or that. And if they say, you know, we got all these kids coming in being like, and here's my thousand bottle yeah. caps, and here's my thousand bottle caps, just be like, there's no contest. But, you know, the cleavers said there was. Well, there's not. Yeah. You know, like, why would you need to go take the bicycle back? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but. I- I guess he's taking it back and uh, so that the money is back in the company and there's no trace. I don't know. But yeah. um, I was also going to say I found myself 
at different times watching this episode, like rolling my eyes and being like, this would never happen. But then oscillating between really, really getting tickled by the corniness of the jokes. Like there's a a moment where they are taking the bottle caps and Ooh. a cat comes over uh-huh. and starts licking out of the milk the milk bottles and this just random neighbor comes out and he's like Marge the cats are learning to take the taps off yeah (laughs) and I was just like so tickled by yeah I think it's also just like the image that was being portrayed of like you know American values and American sincerity uh in the 50s and just like the wholesome the the image of the wholesome American family and just like nobody was really worried about anything and a cat learning to take a top off of a bottle of milk was possible just because people were honest and you know it's just like that's what happened I oscillated between there was another part in the show where Freddie goes to the pharmacy to pick up a prescription for his dad And he's like, he doesn't say his name. He just says, hey, pops, I'm here to get the prescription for my father. And the pharmacist is like, or the pharmacist is like, you're so-and-so's boy. I have it inside. Yeah. And I was rolling my eyes being like, this is so stupid. And then just getting like red in the cheeks and smiling ear to ear about the cat joke. Like... <laughs> There was another joke in the going to get uh, the milk caps scenario that tickled me. Uh, I made a note of it. I just said, okay, so they go to a maternity ward. And I don't remember exactly what, was it like the nurse or whatever said, but they were just like, like, we have a different method here. Yeah, we have a different method here. And I was... I was just like, I wrote down maternity word joke equals nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, they you know, were like, there's, babies drink milk. Sure. It all makes, it's all logic to me. In a oblivious way. Yeah. So um, anyway, to, to finish uh, giving the, the episode rundown, uh, so they, they give the bike back because Ward gave them this whole big talking to about responsibility and doing what's right. And then when the... Um, Mr. Baxter from the Franklin Milk Company comes back and says, like, here, the bike is yours. We just want a picture with you guys. I, They're just like, nope, we didn't earn it. I mean, it's just like, these are some good kids. You know, they're, they're being honest. They're not saying, like, oh, we can have it now? Great. It's a thing I can have. Even though my dad says I can't, I'm going to take it. No, they don't do that. They say, we're not allowed. We didn't, do, we didn't get this the right way. There is no contest. And yeah, I believe there's even a line in there where Wally says, oh, so there was a contest. Yeah. And the guy says, not exactly, but we can pretend that there was and make it retroactive. Yeah. And he's like, no. Yeah, I know. And I was like, you kidding me, Wally? Take the bike. Um, me too. Yeah. And or just like go get your dad matters, and be like, be like, hey, dad, you might want to come out so- here. Yeah. The next thing I want to say is. Whenever this aired, if it was 1957 or whatever we said it was, Mm -hmm. um, or it didn't air, but when they made the pilot, um, the guy, Mr. Mr. Baxter at the Franklin Milk Company, to complicate matters, says, I will give each of you 
$25. How much was $25 to an eight-year-old in the 50s? Yeah, it was probably Is that like the equivalent of somebody now saying to a five, like an eight-year-old, I'll give you $500 and this bicycle? Yeah, kind of. What? He also, would... he also grabs one of the kids. Yes. And then, oh, yeah, I was going to comment on this. He grabs Wally and is like forcing him to take yeah. the bicycle and the beaver kicks him in the shin. Right. And he goes, Classic what did you move. do that for? And they don't say anything. He just says, like, you better take your bike away now. Yeah. And I'm like, what did you do that for? You were grabbing my brother. Yeah. You were physically assaulting defend- a child. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I, then it might be like the next day or later that day or something, but the kids go into the house and Ward is just like sitting there and uh, we'll get into more of this in a bit, but like he tells them like go upstairs and they go upstairs and there's a bicycle, a brand new bicycle there for them. Um, but anyway, uh, it's... It's kind of oh, complicated. Because, because June, the their mother was sort of spying on them from the front door while the milk company was there to oh, get the bike back. Oh, was she? Back. I didn't catch She's that. She's spying out the front door. And so you know that the mom went to then go tell the dad, like, they had an opportunity to take the bike again. And it would have been all on the up and up. And they didn't. You know what? But they could have easily gotten everything they wanted by saying, yes, we'll take the bike. And we'll also take your $25. <laughs> right? So, I don't know. Uh, I guess they got the respect of their parents, so that's maybe worth something. That's um, something. So, what? I want to talk a little bit about just uh, certain exposition moments. Okay. Um. So June has a line in uh, towards the beginning of the episode because um, Beaver says the word is talking about something and he says, "Gots it," and they're just like, "Oh, he mean he means forgot it." And June says Beaver has to maintain his reputation as a character, and that to me is just like. Do you hear that, people watching? Beaver is a total character. And yeah. he, like one main characteristic that he has is that he maybe knowingly pronounces words wrong. Like he's bu- he's building up his reputation as like a precocious kid who, you know, you won't forget who he is because he's the kid who says words weird and his name is the Beaver. Right. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought that was a, kind of like an I interesting also character was going to comment toward the beginning of the episode. There's a moment too where June is talking to Ward, and he says, "I just don't understand why uh, it takes him so long to come home from dance class, dancing school when it's only five blocks away." And June says, "Well, a direct path." might not be the most enjoyable for the beaver right. or, or like something like that. And yeah, I thought that was uh, super interesting. Um, let me see. What else do we have? We talked about a lot of things that I've already mentioned. Um, I forget exactly what um, 
what brought this on? Maybe it was when the kids were like maybe sneaking the bike into their room or something, or maybe someone who's asking like, what are the kids up to? But he says a child's world is his own sacred domain and his privacy must always be respected. I was like, that's some pretty heavy dialogue. And yeah. like also, and I believe when he says it, he says, and I quote, yeah. And then quotes that line. It's super like heavy. And also, yeah, go on. I was going to say, I feel like, though, when we were talking about the actors playing the parts, how you how you were like, I kind of liked Ward. I liked uh, the the Wally that they had. I was thinking of all of the characters, whether they're supporting or primary, that the beaver was like, but um, ching. And that June was like, but um, ching. And that perhaps Wally and Ward were more earnest. Where it's more uh, like it, after they speak, you hear just like a low note on a piano. just like, boom. Yeah, because <laughs> I think he, he delivers that line. And then June says, okay, but we respected their privacy last summer and they burned the attic. Right, or like yeah. started a fire in the attic. And that's sort of like a, a wacky sitcom thing to do like set them up and knock them down Mm -hmm. and I just thought that words setting them up was a little too earnest for the like wackadoo knocking it down it was was a little much that's like another reason because it was really heavy-handed quote I agree yeah (laughs) um Uh, I don't another thing I'd like oh no no go on I was gonna say another thing I'd like to talk about in terms of like things that I've never heard of before uh, that Wally says they ask him after he comes back from dancing school where his necktie is. That's what he and lost. And he goes, yeah. somebody must have kiped it off me. And I had to look up kiped uh-huh. because I was like, I've never heard this. And the dictionary says it's like a light form of theft where it's mm. like a, a stealing of something but something small. So you wouldn't like kipe bars of gold from the bank. You know, it's not like that kind of... Or a bicycle. It's like something really small. And so today on the walk with Roland, my dog, (laughs) for listeners of the... Roland is my dog. He we carry around with him in the summer a water bottle with a bowl on the end of it Mm -hmm. so that he can take a drink. He's a Boston Terrier and it gets hot for him and it's hard. So this dog, other dog, had like a little cup of water that its mom had poured out for him. And Roland just waltzed right over and (laughs) took a drink of this other dog's water. And we were joking around like we, oh, he kiped that water from that dog. (laughs) And Chris was like, I've never heard that. Chris is my boyfriend. Um, I've never heard that. Is it racist? And I was like, oh, racist. I don't know. I don't know if it's racist. I don't think so. I learned it on Leave it to Beaver. (laughs) Well, if we're talking about uh, isms, let's talk about sexism. Because, first of all, this show is very... And as was everything in 1957. But you'll notice that, like, everything is he or him. And, like, a child's 
world is his own sacred domain and his privacy must be respected. Whereas I feel like if the kids were girls, it'd be a different story. And also just like the females uh, in this, in this episode, you know, there's June, but it's not like she's definitely not the head of the household ward is, you know, she can only add to what he has already established. So kind of like how he sets it up and then she does a little zinger at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And also Miss Sims from the Franklin uh, Milk Company. She's the secretary. And the only things that you really know about her is that she's nice and Beaver thinks she's pretty. Yeah. So he says, um, you don't seem like a girl at all because he likes her and girls are not to be liked. So Yeah. Also, yeah. I was going to say, way to really, really lean into the sexy secretary. Yeah. Uh, like, sort of stereotype when he's like, throw. Okay, so in the office when they're waiting to talk to Mr. Baxter, mm-hmm. she's in there and the beaver's just sitting on the couch and he looks at this picture of a cow that uh, in the office and goes, that cow's a girl. And Wally's like, all cows are girls. And he sits down and he goes, Miss Sims is a girl. Yeah. And he throws him the phone book and says, here, look at the pictures. But it's the phone book. (laughs) So weird. So weird. Um, Uh, And then he's like, do you want to ride in my wagon? Oh, yeah. I know. For real. So weird. Um, And then also when the... There's like all the phone calls throughout the Franklin uh, Milk Company organization when they realize that there's no uh, contest and they've already given these kids this bike. It basically goes down to like the regional manager and then he's just like, Miss Sims. And it's just like. And he yells at her. Why is it her fault? Yeah. So we don't see what really happens, but I wrote in my notes, did Miss Sims get fired? Ugh. Because it's just like, uh-oh, is she going to, like, take the heat because nobody is competent in this company? I mean, a couple scenes later, she does come to the the Cleaver mm-hmm. household with Mr. Baxter. So you know that she, she hasn't not, been fired. Yeah, right next to that note, I said, no, cool. <laughs> no, cool. But I'm sure she um, got yelled at. Yeah. Yeah. She did probably get yelled at. And it was like, why was it her fault? Um, there was something else I was going to say about, uh, sexism in the house and obviously the world and just the fifties in general. We have um, plenty, we have six seasons, each with 39 episodes of I mean, sexism to I talk about. I can't wait. I can't wait. But I, some of the notes I took were like specifically about June's attire and then it made me want to have like a whole discussion every episode a segment if you will about her attire but most of the time I'm like really high heels in your house Mm -hmm. because she's in heels in every scene well I so I've watched the first three episodes which includes the pilot and I I noticed and I'm willing to bet that she doesn't um, repeat, you know, an outfit once. I'm willing to bet that you de- never see her wearing the same thing twice. And okay. she always As looks, a lady? She always looks damn good. 
as a lady, I'm going to I'm going to get really specific and I'm going to refer to my notes right now. So Mm -hmm. I have this little note section. Look one. (laughs) First time we see June. Uh She's wearing a mock turtleneck, long sleeves with a long skirt, heels, two bracelets on one wrist, one bracelet on the other, earrings, a brooch and her signature pearl necklace. Pearl necklace. The very next scene, look two. She's wearing a button-up shirt, a skirt, heels, an apron, her wedding ring, earrings, one bracelet, and her signature pearls. The next time we see her is in another scene. It's look three. Mm-hmm. This look she wears for the rest of the episode. Okay. It's a dress with a belt, heels, her wedding ring, a bracelet, earrings, a pendant on a chain, no pearls. No pearls. So I want to, because I've only seen the epi- the mm-hmm. pilot episode, I think that that might be an inconsistency because as I recall my mother talking about Leave it to Beaver or sometimes growing up I'd be like and I don't have a Halloween costume what am I gonna be my Mm -hmm. mom would always be like just throw on a long skirt and some pearls and you can be June Cleaver oh no so I want to know if she like so if I did read that uh they made her wear the pearl necklace because she had like some kind of like divot or mark on her neck and that hid that covered it up yeah. <gasps> so the fact that she's not wearing it in that last look is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there was something else that was maybe covering it. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we never saw her wearing anything other than that pearl necklace. Um, that That's For the, the only thing the- that I think will be consistent. But I'm willing to bet that she's got a dynamite, you know, series of outfits Right. In every episode. And, and I was I was thinking to myself, uh, the pilots in black and white, I'm pretty sure most of the other mm-hmm. uh, episodes are as well. But I was like, oh, I really want to know what color that is. Oh, yeah. I was like really like thinking about how that would match with things. OK, so just to switch gears, if you're done talking specifically about June's attire. Yes. Let's talk about something else. OK. After the boys have acquired the bicycle. Uh-huh. They... Put it together mm-hmm. in their bedroom where they've hit it. Tie it up to a rope. Like lower it down outside. First taking of all, a time out. You're giving me a pointer. Just saying. These kids just like have a rope. <laughs> just like at the ready. And they're good enough Boy Scouts or something to tie a good knot. So they're not going to like put the rope around the bike and then the bike falls anyway. You know, kids in the 50s were, I think, a lot more resourceful in the real world. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say Throw that I bet the tying, a, tying a knot was like something that they did for fun. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have Pokemon Go. That's true. That's true. Okay. So they're assembling this bicycle. Mm-hmm. June's in the kitchen because they keep doing cuts between where she, they make some noise, a mm. clutter, and uh, she looks up at the ceiling and then goes back to doing her business. They go outside, ride the bike with Wally on the seat and the beaver on the handlebars. Which isn't that adorable? They're so so, adorable. They're so cute riding that bike together. They are. And when when they're in the milk company, they're talking about whether they should get a bigger bike or a smaller bike. And then Wally goes, we can can get the bigger one because don't worry, I'll ride you around on it. 
anywhere you want to go. And I was like, oh, brothers, and they get along. I know. So it sweet. Is, okay. It is kind of nice, and I'm sure that there will be a lot of like sibling rivalry stuff that comes up in the next six seasons. But yeah, they are very sweet with each other. They are. Yeah. So anyway, so they, they go out on the bicycle, and then Mr. Baxter drives up in the Franklin Milk Company car, knocks on the door, has a discussion with June, and... I, I I skipped ahead. So June goes upstairs to see mm-hmm. what the what all the noise is, and she says to the boys, "You know, keep it down at this hour. You'll wake your father." Mm-hmm. And then they go off and ride their bike and have a little scene with the guy at the Freddie at the pharmacy yeah. where he's picking up the thing. They talk to him, and then they bike home. And at this point, June's talked to Mister Baxter and says, "Uh." wards out in a robe yeah and he's like you've got some nerve coming over here at this hour and waking me up mm-hmm. and i was like so the kids have been dressed out to the pharmacy riding their bike yeah. the milk company guy is like in a suit and has driven over to their house yeah june's up wearing pearls earrings bracelets <laughs> like heels in her home uh-huh. how what time is it that's a really that you're good still question in bed that's like, a really good question. What time is it that you're still in bed? I would love to see a shot with a clock to just see. I want to know what time he gets up. Like the pharmacy is open. Mr. Baxter is clearly, you know, up and about. Um, that's a really good question. But what I, time is it? I, I want to. I wrote down a line that Ward has from this scene where he's talking to Mr. Baxter, because as far as Ward is concerned, kids don't have a bike. They're not allowed to have a bike, and. Certainly, a bicycle is something that they would know about. So he says, "Mr. Baxter, I know you work for a milk company, but there's, but there are, um, but there are indicators of a much stronger beverage here." <laughs> and I'm like, "Damn, 1957, calling this dude drunk." Nice. Slam. Slam. I know. I was thinking the same thing, too. I was like that. This is clearly a family show where it's mostly for the kids. But that line was for the adults because it'll go right over a kid's head. Yeah. It's like stronger beverage. I guess they mean Coca-Cola. I don't know. (laughs) Or like what's stronger than milk? Cream. Heavy cream. Heavy cream. (laughs) What if he was insinuating that Mr. Baxter was drinking heavy cream? (laughs) (laughs) it's so gross um so uh i just have a few other uh observations um if if you don't mind that i jump around a little bit jump around okay cool jump up jump up jump up and get down um so when so after wally and the beaver have given the bike back um they and before like when Mr. Baxter is coming by to give them the bike again, uh they are they have their wagon on the ground and they are guess I guess doing some repairs to the wagon. It is upside down, and the beaver is just like hammering it with a hammer. And it's like, <laughs> what happened to the wagon? Why is he hammering on it? Um, there are so many times that I was taking notes and I just wrote WTF next to things. It's like, what is happening right now? Um, okay. So when they, uh, when they go inside and Ward is sitting in the living room and, 
uh, is about to surprise them with the bike upstairs, the way that he coaxes them to go up to their room, which it seems like they it's like they'll never go to their room unless he gives them some sort of reason to go there. So he says to them that um, that he wants them to change their shirts before dinner. And I don't know about you, Louise, but I have never been asked to change my shirt before sitting down for washing my hands. Yeah, totally. You know, like maybe taking my muddy shoes off. That could have been a thing. But changing my shirt, that's just a little, I don't know. It's like, how can we get the kids to go upstairs? I don't know. Tell them to change their shirts. So I noticed this too, but I have this experience in the reverse. <gasps> really? So there have been times when, or growing up, when my mom would, let's say, make spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to lie, I am a lady in the tramp, try to like put a little bit in my <laughs> mouth and slurp up the whole spaghetti str- like string. Um, and then the sauce gets all splattered around. Uh-huh. So there have been times before dinner growing up where my mom was like and you better change your shirt but it wasn't to put on a nicer shirt right it was to put on a shirt that I didn't (laughs) care if it got ruined so when they were like you better change your shirt I was like but they're kids what if they spill you don't want them to put a nice shirt on you want them to keep wearing the dirty one yeah yeah that was kind of perplexing um and then uh beaver says when I grow up I'm gonna wear a shirt a whole year That'll show him. <laughs> That'll show him. Well, yeah, it's just like these kids hate changing their shirts. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the next part, too, that I noticed now after the fact, I didn't make a note of it, but now that you remind me, because I've watched the episode so many times, uh-huh. they go up to change their shirts in their rooms. They don't change their shirts, obviously, because up there is a bike, but they don't notice it immediately right. when they walk in. They notice it, like, after the fact, where they walk in and then turn around, and there it is. But... They are like, oh, this is so swell. And Wally immediately leaves to go say thank you. And the beaver does this little turn (laughs) in the room with the bike to like take it down the stairs by himself. I'm like, where are you going with that bike? Also, then he just repeats, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, (laughs) dad, like a million times. And all I could think was (laughs) if I was the mom, I'd call up and be like, what? <laughs> like you've already. So, anyway. yeah, that's another perplexing thing is like, why did they put the bike in their bedroom on the second why floor of the house? Why didn't they just put it in the garage? That's that's carpeted. They have a carpeted floor. First of all, when they're when they have the first bike and they're assembling it, it's like, isn't there going to be like grease everywhere? Yeah. And then also, yeah, I put also- it in the backyard. Put it anywhere. Put it anywhere. Well, because when they're in the bedroom assembling the bicycle, I even think the beaver says, hey, Wally, why didn't we just put this in the garage? And he says, because dad would see it when he put the car in there. Yeah. But then why couldn't the dad just put the bicycle in the garage and be like, I got to show you something in the car? Yeah. Why did he have to then put it in the bedroom? I have no idea. So they can get in that great joke about wearing a shirt for a whole year? That's probably it. <laughs> or I was going to say, if they put it in the garage, that would have been like another set change. Like maybe yeah. they, if they couldn't put it in the front yard, 
even though we've already been in the front yard. Right. They have, yeah, they have a limited amount of sets. They have the bedroom, they have the living room, and then they just have like out and about. The kitchen and the front yard. They could put it in the kitchen. They could have put it in the kitchen. Yeah. Where the mom was preparing dinner. I don't know. If only we were there 60 years ago to uh, right. right all of these wrongs. But alas. Alas. Um, the final thing I'll say that I is in my notes is uh, I've watched the episode a number of times and I start to hum the theme song mm-hmm. now. Toy Parade. It's not the theme song. Huh? On the pilot, it's not the Toy Parade. Oh. It's a different song. Really? What is the theme song in the pilot? Uh, that's an excellent question. I don't know. But when I was looking something up about the episode, mm-hmm. it had said, uh, and the beloved toy parade, mm. not part of the pilot. Well, I suppose it makes sense because if they're just doing it like in testing things out, maybe they're just like theme song. Don't like it. Yeah. You know, uh, or maybe it's just like this could really use a laugh track. You know? Um, the, I, I really want to know why. I have uh, a question. What's up? Is it a laugh track or was it filmed in front of a live studio audience? You know, in watching. Did we the, have laugh tracks? In watching the subsequent episodes, there's no mention of it being recorded in front of a live studio audience. Um, so I am only led to believe that, I don't know, it's. A laugh track. We'll have to give it a listen or try to do a little bit more research because I was thinking, did we have, like, was that a thing or? Um, I don't hmm. know. I guess we'll just have to to figure it out for next time. I love it. <laughs> um, this so, has been so okay. Uh, let's talk about what the Beaver and Wally learned. On, on this episode of Leave it to Beaver. Uh, okay. I I guess what they probably learned is don't believe everything you hear. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... I think... They, they're very good at conning a, a dairy company <laughs> to uh, buy them a bicycle <laughs> without even knowing it. Um, so it's not like they learned a lesson about being honest... Yeah, and I was going to say, too, uh, I grew up in a small town, mm-hmm. but if somebody called me a creep to my face, I wouldn't want to hang out with them again. Or, like, I they're on bicycles. You can easily, like, turn a corner. Or mm-hmm. there were times growing up, I don't know about you, for a number of years, um, I would just like ride my bike in my driveway and then out and then in a circle and then in my driveway and out and then in a circle and then and it was like you could have just turned a million circles because there there's a a scene where there Wally is riding Beaver around Mm -hmm. and they come up to Freddy and the other jerk and they say like what do you think of our new bike and they're like yeah it's pretty cool where'd you get it and then he says like you know, I made that up. You're just a creep just like your brother. Yeah. Screw that kid. Yeah. I was like, you could have avoided that kid. It's true. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, I guess they learned not how to avoid jerks. Yeah. Because they 
rode right into the fire for that. Yeah, for real. I mean, they kind of got everything that they wanted. <laughs> Just took a while. Just took a while. But it took them to, you know, I guess not believe everything you hear. Um, yeah. Louise, did you learn anything watching this episode of Leave it to Beaver? I mean, I think the things I learned are like cynical or whatever, but if I just go in with a wholesome face and a good attitude, maybe I can trick people into getting things I want. Yeah. I think that you'd be pretty good at that. Yeah. I learned, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's what I feel like I learned. If someone's going to offer me the equivalent of $25 in the fifties, I should just like throw every caution to the wind and take it yeah because i was thinking too if the bike costs 64 dollars and 95 cents or whatever mm-hmm. it costs that they they they'd mentioned in the episode and mr baxter gives each of them 25 dollars they could almost go buy a bike yeah then they'd each and have then a they'd bike. have two bikes yeah. oh um something else oh so beaver brings up uh, a bit of a catch 22 pre catch 22 where he's talking about how like the that ward won't let them have a bike until they learn responsibility but they can't learn responsibility without having a bike so i thought that was kind of interesting where it's just like that is yeah because how many times have and you had that happen the lesson is they acquired a bike had to learn that they didn't earn it right weren't like entitled to it have it offered to them again, deny it, right, and then get the bike. So even in the scenario where you have to have it to learn it, mm-hmm. they still had to have it to learn it. Right. It's interesting. They, I don't know, they figured out how to make things happen on their own without even realizing it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, on, on this episode of Leave it to Beaver, uh, I learned that the 50s were a very different time. I learned from this episode of Louisa to Beaver the word kipe, which I'm hoping is not a racial slur. <laughs> Me too. I, I assumed that when I looked it up on the internet, it would say. Yeah. Warning, warning. Racial yeah. slur alert. Well, even um, <laughs> like old timey baseball mm. insults, which go right over my head and then it's like oh that was a polish slur or i don't know because i'm not aware of it but but i hope too that kype is not a weird racial yeah i mean i guess it's like an old-timey version of yoink yeah (laughs) maybe yeah i don't know uh i hope so um so in a subsequent episodes of season one uh i don't believe this happens after season one but uh and it did not happen to the pilot but before the opening credit sequence there is a i guess a little speech to tee up almost like a little poem to tee to tee up what you're about to see so i think that in ending this episode i want to tee up the next episode is that okay Louise? okay yeah yeah all right so in the beginning of the, the next episode, this is what you hear. When you were young, you had your own set of values. 
values that nothing could change. An ice cream cone was a snow-capped mountain of sheer delight. An autographed baseball was more precious than rubies. And a note from the teacher meant one thing. Disaster. And that's our story on next episode of Louisa to Beaver. <laughs> well, John, this has been really swell. I'd say so. Gee, Louise, thanks for doing this with me. Gee, golly, John, thanks for doing this with me. All right. Talk to you soon you on the time. next episode.